Welcome to the Perimenopause Power Podcast. We are Lisa and Natalie, two certified holistic health coaches passionate about helping women embrace their physiology to elevate their highest potential for confidence, health and energy. Perimenopause will be unique to you and each episode gives you the power in knowing that you can define your own journey. Let's get into today's episode. So welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Perimenopause Power. Uh, We're so lucky to have you here today listening to us. So how are you going, Nat? All good there? I am doing really well. Thanks, Lise. Excellent. So today we're really excited to have the beautiful Sandy Lowes on the podcast with us. Now, Sandy is the creative director of the award-winning platform WB40, Women Beyond 40, and the host of the ever-so-popular podcast, The Good Girl Confessional. With a background in writing, Sandy is an advocate for representation of women over the age of 40, 50, 60, and beyond. So already you can tell why we love Sandy so much. WB40 is a diverse and inclusive platform featuring a website, a magazine that's both in print and digital, a YouTube channel and podcasts, Um, WB40 is creating such wonderful opportunities for female writers and creatives and producing fabulous content for women around subjects that are too often taboo, such as menopause and sexuality beyond 40. WB Support's magazine and podcast shared the stories of women over the age of 40 doing incredible things knowing that representation matters. There are so many good things about that bio, Sandy, that um, puts a lot of love in my heart. So I'm going to kick off and I'd love to hear more about you or we would love to hear more about you. So we've just heard your bio, Um, but welcome, by the way. (laughs) I'm just kicking into the questions. Welcome and it's so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you both so much. I'm super excited to be here and I love your podcast and I love the name. How good is that? Perimenopause Power. It's all about yes. that, isn't it? Yes. And <laughs> I think a lot of women don't see that it's their power and it's a time for them to find their brilliance. And uh, there's so much negativity out there, isn't there? And, you know, we're really about trying to change that whole persona about it. So hence the podcast and the work that we're doing. But we're not talking so much about us. We want to hear about you. So we just heard your bio and we'd like to know more about your story. Who is Sandy Lowes? And do you have a menopause story that you'd love to share with our listeners? Oh, I have a question. Um, who is Sandy Lowers? Um, Well, I am a mother of three who are grown up. I call them my gorgeous ones. They're amazing. Uh, I am 52 years old, proudly, and I've always been a writer and creative, but I've worn many hats over the years. Um, I started WB40 really in the middle of the pandemic. There was always a plan. The podcast came first, The Good Girl Confessional, and then there was a plan to launch this platform website magazine, but it was going to be much later. But in the middle of the pandemic, uh, what we started to see was so many women felt disconnected. They felt um, that they didn't have a community. There were female creatives, writers, editors, you know, artists who basically were losing their livelihood and so we just closed our eyes ladies and we leapt and we um we just created this platform basically out of nowhere and on a wing and a prayer and we're so 
grateful. I am 100% so grateful for the enormous collaboration of incredible women who just stepped forward and who just said, I love this idea. How can I help? Um, I'm a big believer that when you put your hand up and ask other women for help, magic happens. And, um, and it's, WB40 as a platform is the proof of that. So um, do I have a menopause? Um, I'll circle back to that. Yeah, I do, because I am in the grip of perimenopause. Um, one of the things that, you know, and this, this story that I tell quite often, um, and I have chatted with you ladies about this previously as well, I find it really interesting with menopause that you never have any information until you're in the grip of it yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you say, what is happening to me? Um, I don't really like what is going on here or do I? I mean, some people, you know, are fine with it. But the one thing I realised in my particular journey in my life was that my mum was very open about sex and periods and puberty and all of those things and nothing was ever taboo across the dinner table you know when I was growing up but the one thing that was never talked about strangely enough was menopause Mm -hmm. and so for me you know my mum's now passed away and I'm in the group of perimenopause and I can't really go to her now and say hey what happened one of her friends told me that's because your mum breezed on through. Um, she didn't really suffer too much. And I, I often wish now I could ask her, what does that even mean? What does the she didn't suffer too much mean? Um, so that's my perimenopause story and why I'm also passionate about talking about menopause, um, not just for women going through it and for, you know, women who are in the group of peri or menopause, but for younger women who will eventually be going through this as well who don't have that sounding board and who have no idea what is going to happen yeah and that night he's sitting doing the bobcat thing which we do in a <laughs> lot of podcasts um, as you can see because there's just not a lot of education there and it's really interesting so you know we're currently um, recording this podca- podcast um, in International Women's Week um, here and you know it's so um timely that the hashtag was break the bias because there's a real bias around that whole menopause thing isn't there and about really um bringing it out there you know cr- you know crashing down those taboos bring it into the open um you know you'll, you'll find a lot of women are saying oh menopause I, I don't even know what that is isn't that just one day and it's like holy christ no it is not one day it can you know it can start 10 years before you actually get to menopause that one day of menopause so it's a real mind i women and you know just to be able to have those loved ones around you to be able to ask that question is really important isn't it yeah it really is I think it's um one of those things that we're not talking enough about and we're not asking um our our parents or mothers or whatever enough about because we didn't know we should I think you know my goal now I mean I have a 24 year old daughter I talk to her about it all the time she probably thinks stop banging on about it but um but I do think those life lessons are so important and the wisdom that we can share with younger women is so important so that when they do get to this space they understand what is happening to them they understand that there are options available help support um you know in the way that they deal with it and that and and just like puberty for every woman you know perimenopause and menopause is so unique and so different um but the one unique you know the one thing that binds us all together is we're going through it Mm. yeah so true and we talk so much about that it's that um having comfort knowing that we are in a collective and there is you know other women having that same experience we know that 
you know, menopause is going to be different for every single woman, but there's great comfort, you know, and I liken that to when, um, you know, we have babies, um, you know, we, we get put into a mother's group, don't we? You know, the, the local council bring us together in a mother's group and we get to connect. And um, and I think, you know, that that's what we miss with with this phase of life, most, most definitely. But, you know, we, we love that you, you know, have a platform for women 40 plus, you know, through your website, your magazine, your channel and your podcast. And, you know, you shared a little bit about why you started it, but you know, what's, what's your passion that, you know, keeps you, I guess, focused, you know, what, what is it that you really want to achieve um, in supporting women 40 plus and, and what's the response been? Oh, wow. Um, my passion is definitely representation for women who are 40, 50, 60 and beyond. I speak with so many women who feel that they are invisible or they're treated like they're invisible in the workplace, in corporates, in the world, standing in, in you know, the post office line, whatever it may be, as if somehow, you know, and this is what society will try and have us believe, that somehow our value suddenly drops beyond the age of 40 and again once we hit 50 and again once we hit 60. Um, what my passion is, is the visible woman, is that we are all visible, that we are all valuable, and that we all have so much incredible wisdom that we can share with the world. And we see this um, in more Indigenous communities around the world where they honour the female power of older women who, who bring so much wisdom to their communities. And I think that is what is absolutely missing here in Western society. Um, and, you know, we this whole notion that the only people beyond the age of 40 worth looking at, worth listening to are celebrities who, for most of us, you know, we, we can't meet those ideals. We are not those women. And so I think our passion is a platform for anyone who identifies as women, as a woman in this space. And I think, you know, 40, 50, 60 and beyond, but also too in supporting younger women who are heading for the magic 4.0, who are concerned about ageing, who are concerned about what does that mean for me? What does that mean to my value? Oh, I'm in my 30s and I'm still single. Oh, no. All of those kind of things are really important to us to show them and, and have to show them physically how many incredible women are out there doing extraordinary things out in the world and in their communities and in their lives. Um, you know, 40 is a long way from dead. 50, 60 is a long way from dead. And, and for most of us, um, and I think, you know, it's just so important that people see representation. We can't be what we can't see, right? You are never too old to start doing great things in the world, you know? Mm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And I have to say, I just entered 40. So I just turned 40 in December. And Woo! yes, <laughs> I, say, I do feel really fortunate, I guess, the line of work that I do. And, you know, I've been very driven to having that sense of passion and purpose. But, you know, the women we work with, you know, they 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 don't. And it, it, there is just so much stigma around that number. And, you know, 40, 50, 60. And, you know, I think it's great that you are, again, opening up that conversation and providing that platform that we can embrace this age. And there is, you know, nothing to fear in terms of a number. And there's so much that we can still achieve and um, have the opportunity to do. 
Absolutely. And to celebrate as well um, all of our life experiences, to celebrate that we are still here, that we are still vibrant, that we're still part of communities and families, that we're bringing so much to the world, Um, you know, creatively in the medical field, in science, in holistic fields, everywhere. We just see so many incredible women. Just, you know, as you say, we talk about breaking the bias. There's so much ageism that in this world there truly is and so one of our passions is obviously representation and the other one of course is really fighting against ageism um sexism is always a thing you know we've come a long way but we have so much further to go and we know this um but also ageism and why aren't why isn't everybody really talking about it it's something we really need to battle in this society and in western societies around the world women are facing this kind of terrible bias about age and how we should look and how we're, you know, our, how, what is our value beyond those ages? Yeah, and that, and that leads into um, it really creates that ageism thought process. It creates that horrible inner critic as well about how you think you should be looking or, you know, at this point in my life it's like, you know, I'll look how I want to feel comfortable about or do what I want to and I think with age you know we should be getting more comfortable in our own skin not so much about that ageism issue that takes us over so to speak and you know we could be so much happier but you know um, there's a, a recent Harper's, uh, Harper's Bazaar article uh, that I read this week and it references speech um, from Australia's chief scientist Dr Kathy Foley and she gave um a speech at the Institute of Public Administration Australia in um, September last year. And in particular, I found this really interesting. She made reference to the challenges women face in the workplace with a special focus on menopause. And she said, menopause is not discussed enough. Unless we find better ways to support women during menopause, we risk losing the skills and leadership of women in their 40s and 50s. And it got me thinking, with your platform, WB40, you know, it's all about bringing that taboo topic of menopause to the forefront. You know, can you expand a little bit? We've mentioned a bit, you know, about, about seeing this taboo around menopause. Are you seeing that there's an improvement or a change so that women are feeling more supported in the workplace with the people that you're speaking to, you know, and the roles that they're doing? Or do you think there's more that workplaces can be doing in this space? So it's a big I, question. <laughs> yeah, it is a big question, but I guess you know, the short answer will be I, there is so much more to be done in, in workspaces to support women in uh, going through perimenopause and menopause. Um, part of that is education, I believe, and a lot of women who um, speak with us are saying exactly that. No one at work knows anything. You know, they're saying, like, the HR department doesn't even have a policy around menopause. Mm-hmm. Part of that, you know, that, that education piece is massively missing, but for a lot of women, and herein lies the ageism issue, they're so afraid to go to HR and say, I am going through perimenopause because in doing so, what it does is alert you them to the fact that you are a woman of a certain age. Now, that shouldn't matter, but sadly for a lot of women, especially, say, in corporate fields, we hear this a lot, where, you know, they're really fighting to, to advance still within their careers and hold on to their careers. And a lot of women who are, especially over the age of 50, feel that they are overlooked 
for promotion, feel that they are overlooked in terms of, um, you know, projects going on um, or even having their voices heard across the table in meeting rooms. And so they're quite fearful, I think, to go to HR departments and say, I'm struggling, I'm going through perimenopause, um, you know, this is the way we're currently working isn't working for me. People are terrified to do that. Um, yeah, and, you know, it's, um, I find it so frustrating and I actually get, um, I, you know, I get quite um, wound up about it. And I remember, um, Nat knows what I'm going to say here, I, we had a conversation with um, with uh, some people last year, it was two women, in fact, around talking about, you know, how we can support them um, and the company that they work at were around women in uh, going through menopause in the workplace. And we talked about, you know, women's productivity. It does get affected through menopause. It doesn't mean that they can't do their job, but it does have a bearing on it. And it's more about the support for them rather than the solution. And their feedback was, oh, well, no, we can't talk about that. We can't talk about women's productivity being, you know, how's that going to look? It's like, this is exactly what we need to do. You know, we need to be opening it up so that if they are having, you know, a moment or experiencing symptoms, what are, what's in the workplace that they can still go about and do their work and be productive, but it can support them at the same time. And that's all we're looking for. And, you know, starting the conversation is exactly, as you say, is where we, we, we need to start. And that's where a lot of our work um, comes through. So everything you said absolutely resonates with us. And we do think that there's so much more that workplaces can be doing. And the funny thing is that um, it, it's a lot of the simple stuff that we can be doing. You know, it definitely comes into that HR piece, those policies, that inclusion, um, and we've come so far with so many other, you know, um, other policies as well. And I saw something on LinkedIn about a particular law firm this week that was said that, we're, you know, we're great, we're doing all of these things, but there was no mention in there about menstrual policy, menopause policy, all of those things. So yeah, there's certainly some work to do. And I'm glad, I love that you're so passionate about that. I do. I, um, I think it's so important and I think it's such a missing piece, mm. you know, and why like a lot of workplaces, like, oh, we, we don't want to hire women over the age of 50, but no one's actually specifying why they don't want to. Mm. The reality is that women over the age of 50 or women, and there is such a thing as early menopause, um, which is, you know, no one's talking about that either. And, you know, I was reading something about this yesterday that was sent through to me about early menopause and a lot of women going through it, even in their 30s. Yeah. Um, or just hitting 40 and going through it, and they weren't expecting that. So there's a lot of women, regardless of their age, who are going through perimenopause or menopausal symptoms. Um, and I, I can't see, when you think that women are half the population, I cannot understand why these conversations aren't happening in, in the corporate sector, in workplaces, um, really, because the more you support women, and this is true and they, this has been proven time and time again, when women you know, go on maternity leave and come back fully supported. They come back really wanting to honour that workplace who supported them and support. Do you know what I mean? Like it works yeah. as a two-way street. If workplaces were honouring women going through perimenopause, honestly, how much 
more would women be doing for their workplaces in appreciation of that because they are supported? We talk a lot about flexibility in the workplace, but what does it really actually mean? A lot of companies say, oh, we've got a flexible working policy. Really, what does that mean? And and if that is true, why are they not supporting women who are struggling through the perimenopause journey? And it might mean that those women want to work the same, you know, the same amount of hours, but maybe they need a break in the middle of the day, or maybe they need to start later because they're actually not getting any sleep. And these are biological truths for a lot of women. Yeah. That's that flexibility. You're absolutely right. So, you know, often we hear about, oh, I don't care how you work, but just, you know, as long as the work gets done. So that there is flexibility in itself, but are they ringing true to that? And it's really important, you know, as you were talking about that education and, you know, just knowing about it, um, I, we reached out to someone last year and, and um, they said, look, you know, we don't really have that many women in that menopause bracket in the workplace. And I went back to them and said, well, actually you do because menopause can start quite early or perimenopause can start quite early and you wouldn't even know about it because those women wouldn't be talking about it. So when you go back and think about the women in that late, you know, mid to late 30s bracket, bang, up until the women that you've got working 50 plus, there's actually a large part of your workforce. We're talking about a big company here. And they came back and said, oh, yeah, you know what, you're right. Here's the person you need to speak to. So it's just sometimes you just got to put it out because it's not on their radar, but it's all part of that education process, isn't it? It really is. I find it really fascinating, though, that, you know, the UK um, Mm. have, you know, like have brought in policies around that. There are actual workplace policies around menopause and and I salute them um, Mm. for their passion to, you know, I can't imagine the drive it took to get that through. Um, It shouldn't be that difficult, but often these things really are when it comes to anything related to women's health, Mm. Um, as if somehow we're asking for something that, you know, we want more, we want more. I mean, you know, listen, women are loyal and we work really hard and we juggle, we are multitaskers. And um, I think the more support you give us, the more productivity you're going to see in return. Mm. That, that's it. It goes without saying, doesn't it? And, you know, we've been following some information around a women's um, career life cycle, you know, and there's there's evidence and proof out there, you know, showing that, you know, from 40s, women are in that re-acceleration phase. You know, yes, they've gone through changes in their 30s if they've had children in particular, but they're ready to come back into themselves, you know, and then 50, again, it's, you know, we're ready to really ramp things up where it's it's shown that men, because they haven't had a break through their career, you know, they're ready to sort of slow down a little bit, but we're ready to, to vamp it up. And, and that's where we've got to work in collaboration across both genders. And we've got to see the strengths of both genders and actually understand that career life cycle, understand that energy and the differences in our performance as men and women. And how do we use that in tandem? You know, how do we use that collectively so we can actually thrive as not just a workplace, but a community, a planet, a world, you know, like it's we're not we shouldn't be pipped against male female you know it should just be let's let's embrace the differences and the power and there's a great um lot of research from forbes that they shared you know by 2025 they've suggested that there's going to be 1 billion women worldwide who are in menopause and that's 12 percent of the population so if that's not alarm bells ringing saying ding 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 time to uh look at this and really start you know focusing on this 
you know, I don't know what is, but um, but we we keep you know, I guess creating our platforms and doing our work, and and it's only through education and having you know these really powerful conversations. So talking about power, obviously our podcast is Perimenopause Power, and in particular, helping women find, nurture, and really use their personal power. And you know, we feel very much that that's what you're doing um, through your platform, WB40. So we'd love to know from you, what does coming into your own power mean to you? And, you know, how have you or can you define your own perimenopause journey? Oh, yeah, I love this. It's um, it's so liberating, I'm not going to lie, to be able to step into your own power. And I think that, you know, I loved turning 40. 40 for me was like this watershed moment I spent most of my 30s looking forward to 40 because I felt like nobody really took me seriously and I thought of 40 of being this magic number where I'll hit 40 and people will suddenly see me as a grown-up and take me seriously so I really enjoyed turning 40 and as I was heading to 50 I really started to reevaluate, I guess, a lot about myself, my life, and and the really beautiful part about. I know a lot of women were fearful. Like I had friends around me quite fearful of turning fifty, and and you know some of them weren't, some of them embraced it, but some were fearful. And you, you sort of hit fifty because it's hard. You go, oh my god, I'm half a century. Like I've actually lived for fifty years. Like it's mind blowing. Um, but but what I really loved in that was starting to step into my own power of not really caring as much about what other people think of understanding that other people's opinions of me were actually not my business and that I couldn't live my life worried about other people's expectations. And that's a powerful and liberating moment phase of your life, right? It's, it's really beautiful. It's, it is really, you know, I mean, I started this huge bloody platform in in my 50s um but I've also witnessed so many amazing women starting businesses and doing things in their 50s and in their 40s and in their 60s even um I think what it is is you know I think the beautiful Helen Merrin said it and I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast but she (laughs) she actually said that you you know you get to an age where you have less fucks to give and that has been my mantra I, I I look to women like that to to see that they are vibrant working women doing incredible things who are not giving up their careers I think uh in terms of my perimenopause journey, it's been fascinating. There's good and there's bad and there's all the things. For me, I think it is learning to embrace that I am not the same person emotionally, spiritually, all of those things as I was when I was 40, just as I was a different woman at 40 than I was when I was 30. Part of that is life experiences um, and getting your head around it. But in terms of perimenopause, um, because I haven't like, gone right through the menopause journey yet but I'm trying to embrace it because through this journey I have met so many extraordinary women yourselves included um you know Sandy Davies from Happy Pause there's so many women who are are real advocates in this space of wanting to care for women support women take you know really hold their hand through this journey that for me is absolutely mind-blowing um I just I feel like it's something that it's, it's such a weird space to be in, in some ways, because you go, wow, where did all these wrinkles come from? Because I don't, what my face looks like doesn't really actually represent how I feel mm-hmm. um, inside. But I think it's that, it's actually learning to just really embrace yourself 
equally and say, well, okay, this is where I'm at in, right in this moment. Can I make improvements? Yes. Can I eat better? Yes. Should I drink less? Sure. Um, all of those things. But at the same time, owning your own talent value, because no one's going to tell you that you've got to, you've really got to carve that out for yourself. And so I think that that's, um, something that's been really powerful for me in this aging process. And I'm kind of really fascinated to see where this aging journey is going to take me. You know, I'm like, I'm not fearful of it. I'm actually kind of excited and curious. Um, and I think, you know, that if someone had told me at 30, I'd be saying that in my 50s, I probably would have laughed, but it's true. Um, it's a really nice space to be in. Mm. God, I love that. And you know what I love? Um, so as I said, I'm nearly 52. And the thing that I'm really loving is getting to the point where I, I'm just being more, I need to be more comfortable with myself and, and not worry about what other people think. Because, you know, let's, let's face it, that's, you know, things that we've had on our radar for such a long time. And it's actually quite a relief off, you know, that burden on your shoulders. And sometimes you sort of retreat back. But I think, you know, from my understanding and research that that change in hormones can definitely give that, um, you know, oh, well, okay, that's fine. Whereas previously I would have thought, oh, no, and you worry about it. And I'm loving that part of it, I have to say. So, um, but you bring up some fantastic points there. Yeah, I think it's some, um, and look, obviously the journey is so different for everyone. Mm. But I do think that's the, and as I said, there's some interesting parts about this, believe me, you know, like there's some not great things going on, like, you know, hormonal, huge hormonal shifts, night sweats, all of those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lack of sleep, whatever it may be. But the really nice part about it is um, of ageing is, you know, I'm in a, this really beautiful space where my children are independent, mm. still very much a part of my life, but independent. And, um, you know, I have so much more time now to do the things that I'm really passionate about and that I really want to do. And, and I think, you know, it's really fascinating when one of you touched on this before about um, how a billion women, I think it was you, Nat, a billion women will be going through menopause in 2025. I find it fascinating that large companies, advertising agencies, etc., are missing this massive opportunity that women in our age demographic as well also have more disposable income. We're, we've been working really hard. Our kids are getting older. And as your children are coming out of high school, you go, wow, I've actually got like a little bit more, a little bit of extra cash that I can spend on myself. There is so much that they overlook about women in this age bracket. And it comes back to that ageism piece about, oh, we don't worry about them. When I started WB40, you girls will love this. I actually went and spoke to a couple of investors who were you know, men um, who actually laughed and said, I don't think anyone's going to be interested in the stories of women over 40, let alone 50. That in that moment, though, put a fire under my ass. And that is why we launched WB40 as quickly as we did as well. Because for me, I was like, how dare you? Mm. No one's going to be interested. Um, in 2025, there'll be a billion women who are interested mm. in the stories of women who were 40, 50, 60 and beyond. Am I right? So it is it's such a, a ridiculous kind of societal view right yeah. of of aging so men are told they're silver foxes and women are just told that we're old and we're crones or whatever we are you know yeah. I, I say I, I just want to embrace that I'm quite I'll proudly be a crone and go well good look what we're all doing um 
you know, I just think there is this diff- different, we do have a long way to go. And I think you're right, so right, Nat, in that, you know, the menopause piece really needs to involve men because a lot of companies, whether we like it or not, are led by powerful men as opposed to women. There are still so many women trying to fight to get into that CEO space. Um, I know some incredible female CEOs who are awesome, um, but they've had to fight really to get there. But we need that conversation to involve the men in our lives, the men in businesses, the men in our communities, because they don't understand what is happening to us. They don't. They have no idea. Unless we start talking about it, they will never know. And, you know, Nat, you're probably thinking the same thing as me. We've had a conversation with um, a particular HR or a particular firm and the, the conversation included a HR representative who was quite senior, he was male, and uh, we did this presentation about menopause in the workplace and what we can provide to them. And um, he said, you know, I've just learned so much. Like the penny just dropped with him with his own mum and things that she's going through. And he thanked us. He said, thank you very much for bringing that to light. And, you know, it's that, I think that whole menopause education in the workplace is really valuable for the for males as well, because then they can actually talk, they can go home, understand what their wife, mother, sister's going through, but they can also talk to, you know, the people or the women that uh, work with them and understand them more directly and be more empathetic to what they're going through as well. So it's so quite powerful in that, in that, um, in that way. Absolutely. And I just don't know why, um, you know, these conversations aren't happening more broadly. I mean, I know and love that you, you girls are trying to do that in, in workspaces to have those conversations, but there's a lot of workplaces where that isn't happening and, and it is not a female issue. Half the population um, of, you know, females are going to go through menopause. So this is not just a female issue. This is a biological norm, normality, and we need to have those conversations with men as well moving forward, you know, to so that women are supported, not just in not just in workplaces, in the bloody community. Like why is the big, you know, I was really incensed actually when we, I didn't know you girls probably saw it, but the 60-minute story um, about menopause, but the way that they advertised that story was in big capital red letters going taboo mm-hmm. we're breaking the taboo we're talking about menopause and I was like what the hell yeah. why is it taboo and why are we like still playing into that narrative mm. yeah you're so true and because that translates to our own personal narrative too so society if we're seeing that they're calling it taboo our workplace is calling it taboo well of course we're naturally going to be thinking oh my god this is taboo um, but you know I think as you touched on um, so beautifully about coming into your power it's it's that growth mindset it's looking at things with curiosity a learning lens and you know we can do that for ourselves coming into perimenopause and through perimenopause but workplaces and men can embrace it with you know what opportunity is there how do I learn and again you know coming back how do we work together collectively so um, yeah you've shared such beautiful insights and um, you know touched on some really important conversations and you know, we're so appreciative to to have you on our podcast Sandy and um, for our listeners we'd love to share with them where can they find you and we'll obviously put all the links in the show notes but how do they access your fantastic platform 
Oh, thank you so much, Nat and Liz. This has just been beautiful. But um, yeah, look, if you're listening and you want more info, you can jump on and go to wb40.com um, as opposed to WD40. But I like to refer to <laughs> us as uh, lubricant for your mind, ladies. Um, so wb40.com and the Good Girl Confessional podcast is available on all of your favorite podcast apps. Oh, we do love your podcast. I love listening to your guests um, that you have on Sandy they were fantastic well I'm quite honored that you ladies uh, are, are my guests or have been my guests and will be coming up in a in a in a new you know an episode soon so I'm very very excited about that thank you thanks so much Sandy it's been so great to chat to you thank you both so much and thank you for everything you're doing thanks Sandy thank you thanks again for sharing your time with us learning how you can be your best energetic self no matter what life stage you are going through be sure to contact us if any of this content resonates with you and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes see you next time